0: At the end of the day, when you're all alone in the dark, the only thing that counts is this, the law. And you will be alone when you swear to uphold these ideals. For most of us, there's only dust in the streets. For the few of us that survive to old age, the proud loneliness of the long walk. A walk that every judge must take outside these city walls into the unknown, and there spend your last remaining days taking law to the lawless. This is what it means to be a judge. This is the commitment I expect. Judgment time. Hello and welcome to Dread or Dead, the internet's premiere. Judge Dread Podcast, I'm Dave. I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be back in uh, year 2000.
0: Mega City One, man. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't even know what year it would be. Yeah. It actually has it on the case. maybe? I don't know. It has it on the case files. Uh, it is the year 2123 to 2124. Wow. So um, they, inc- they they incorporate, each of the case files, I believe, incorporates the, the years, uh, you know, in real time. Because it's a weekly comic that comes out, but they also include the magazine stuff as well. So this one we're reading is Judge Dread Helter Skelter, a two thousand and one infamous story by returning uh, writer Garth Ennis, um, who obviously wrote Dread early in his career, uh, then left to much success, uh, you know, many hits, including Hitman, Preacher, Punisher, um, a lot of hits, and then he came back like you know, more than really about a decade after he'd left and uh, did this story, Helter Skelter, uh, this Judge Red story, which I had never read before. Um, I've been waiting, uh, because I'm working my way through the case files. I'm actually up to case files 33. um, But this one is in case files 34. So I took a little bit of a jump forward. Um, Yeah, Garth Ennis. uh, Adam, are you normally a fan of his work?
1: Yeah. um, You know, I love his preacher. I love... Uh, his Punisher, yeah. um, you know, mostly anything you read yeah. uh, is usually pretty fun, but I don't know, uh, his dread from what we've read mm. hasn't been as fun or as polished as, you know, his later stuff. Yes. Uh, or, yeah, yeah, his later stuff. Well, he's he has a reputation. He was a
0: massive, massive Judge Red fan growing up. He's from Ireland, as we know. And um, he was an enormous Judge Red fan, like like myself or something. He grew up reading it, wanted to write it. And he he got on the title. <clears throat> he was kind of their primary writer for a couple of years. And I, I remember reading the comics. He did he did Judgment Day that we did last uh, last uh, show, I believe. That was Garth Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I would say that was probably his high point as well. Um, but a lot of his other Dread stuff, it didn't exactly sit that well with a lot of the fan base. Like... I think especially considering the heights he reached afterwards, I think he himself, I've read a quote where he says, you've sort of got to be careful what you wish for, like I got my chance to write my dream character, and he didn't particularly think the stories in retrospect were that strong. I think he was almost a bit in the shadow of those who came before, like John Wagner had just left the main title, and he was inheriting the strip as as the sort of resident writer. Um, It's interesting, I I don't... I mean, I, I enjoy his Judge Red, but I don't think it's at the heights of his other work, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, Preacher is, like, among probably the greatest, you know... Yeah, it's up uh, there, yeah. Yeah. Stories, you know, series that you could read and... Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, his Punisher, really too. Touch you know? it.
0: And his Hitman. I mean, these these... I think all of those are better than this, but anyway. So the interesting part about this is this was the return um, and the storyline of Helter Skelter, and it is very much from from. It wouldn't surprise me for listeners to Dread or Dead. I believe it's a it's it's a title that engenders strong reactions. So it's a kind of love them or hate them kind of title um, in terms of its reputation now. Okay, let's have a... Just I guess th- my mm.
1: question is, you know, mm. you talk about Helter Skelter to a Dread fan. What is the, like, um, elevator pitch for that story? Like, I'm just... You know? I'm
0: literally just finding it, yeah. So, um, basically, I'm just trying to find the fucking description of it. Here we go. Okay, ten years after the acclaimed run on Judge Red that first brought him to the brink of comic superstardom, Wrath Garth Ennis' uh, preacher returns to Mega City 1 for the Ultimate Dread Saga. In Helter Skelter, the very structure of reality is altered in Megacity 1. Dred finds himself on the run, pursued by ghosts and demons from his past. Wars between alternate dimensions are collapsing, unleashing other Earth counterparts of Dred's vilest villains, and in charge, the one man to comprehensively bring Megacity 1 to its knees. On a previous occasion, Chief Judge Cal. Uh, Dred's only hope of saving the city lies in the reluctant figure of warp specialist Darian Kenzie, all he's got to do is keep her alive, and himself, of course, which I think is actually quite a good description of this book. Um, essentially, it's a storyline... Basically, the whole pitch is that it's... It, all the previous versions of Dred's villains, nearly all of whom have been killed, um, are coming back in this storyline uh, from alternate dimensions, where, where Dread was the one who died and, and they lived, basically.
1: Yeah, and I kind of feel like they buried the lead on what could have been a more exciting story if you would have focused on that part of the, the yeah. returning villains, you know, where that's kind of a small part in this story almost.
0: Well, you know what it would it was for me? The, the concept is great. The concept of this is, is a fantastic concept. I, when I went to read it in the case files, it was only, like, about 75 pages. And I was like, that mm-hmm. seems very low for such a big concept. And I was surprised, because I was expecting this was going to be, like, you know, maybe 150, 200-page, like, take up most of the case files. When I saw that, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. But then when we start reading it, it's a quite... it Weirdly, it's quite an enclosed storyline. Like, it really is dread on the run with this girl, who I enjoyed that relationship, and I thought that was interesting. But, <laughs> but... um. You know, you're taking a call there, Adam. Is that is that your agent? Has he got an offer for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, my uh, comics reader has ads. So oh, really?
0: Can and, wow, okay. Yeah, you you, you jump. You, you're working on a budget over there, you know. <laughs> Dreaded yeah. or dead, sponsored by.
1: <laughs> got to save uh, money for comics, you know. That's
0: it, you know. Um, you've already taken the third mortgage out on the house, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: so, like... It almost felt like if this was a TV show, it was like a big concept, but it was like on one of those like low budget sci fi shows where they sort of like they make it try they try to make it sound impressive, but it actually looks kind of low budget. If you know what I mean, like everyone's just in a room talking.
1: And... Yeah, I mean, because part of it is uh, we start the story. You know, it's already started, right? Well, So in media res or whatever. Yeah, the cold open. Um, they're already there. We just don't really know who they are because we start with this character on the run. Yes, and it kind of almost would have been cool to have it set up from the beginning, and that would have got people excited. Yeah. Um. About oh, you know, Rico's back, or you know, the weird frog wizard guy is back. And doesn't that know?
0: that's the second time that wizard guy has turned up? Didn't he turn up in something else the other day, Judgment Day? The-
1: yeah, yeah, he was the one that um, helped train the villain. Yeah. He's obviously a
0: favourite of Garth Ennis, because, like, I barely remember him. But, like, Garth Ennis brought him back for Judgment Day, and then he comes back for this as well. Um, what story I, yeah, did he
1: feature in originally? I, can't I believe recall. it was Judge Child Quest, and I
0: only know that because they reference it at the end of this, where they say, like, okay. that in, in, during this, they say in his alternate dimension he ruled the galaxy with the Judge Child at his side. Um, okay,
1: yeah, because that was what sounded right to me. But Because
0: I... we did Judge Child Quest, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a
1: good one. I think that was maybe one of my favourites. It's, oh, it's a classic,
0: yeah. Now, um, basically, this has got a great start. I will say this, it's got a great start. Like, you, you see the woman on the run, great Carlos Esquizara art, art, and I do think he really shines on this on this storyline, like his artwork. You have all the judges chasing her, And then what comes through the portal now? And this is where I I felt sorry for you, Adam, because obviously I have the advantage of like many years of two thousand AD, you know, reading. So the 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 creature. So this was this. I actually enjoyed this. The the creatures that came through, the geeks as they're called, that came through originally that shot people up. They're from uh, a. A, a two thousand AD comic would have been late. Oh, sorry, early eighties called the VCs. It's actually a really good future war comic, and they were sort of the villains, and they were just like flat out, just like these little aliens. It was the first when I first got in two thousand AD. It was a weekly comic. There was a monthly best of collection, and I bought this, and it was the, that was the storyline that was in it, and I absolutely loved it. So to see these guys come through, who really are you know minor sort of like storyline from many years ago i was like oh sweet like we're bringing in characters that aren't associated with judge red at all like they're not judge red villains they're just 2000 ad characters you know that's
1: pretty cool i like i like a deep dive one and then two i also like you know uh kind of mining things that aren't you know yeah yeah. just kind of fitting things in, you know. And, and they're
0: not they're not like if the Clegs had come through, which are the lizards, they're dread villains, and you would think, oh yeah, we're just taking dread villains. But to bring in just a random two thousand AD non judge dread universe, you know, character, I was like, oh sweet, this is actually really interesting, and I like that and they get blown away. But and I liked the way the judges w- were shooting, and then suddenly dread comes through and just blows them away with his bike cannon and um i was like okay where um and he does the take my hand if you want to live what did you think of that which is obviously the terminator uh sort of shout out what did you
1: i thought it was kind of cool yeah, yeah i thought I, it I was kind of cool too
0: and i liked the artwork there too I, I i thought the artwork um he's probably using digital art here i would i would suggest would you i was
1: going to comment on that yeah it does definitely look um it kind of looks like uh, dc 1 million they always hmm. had like a a digital Portion of their covers mm. it's yeah, definitely like it. um, uh, dated but it looks pretty good
0: yeah i mean i don't give a fuck if it's dated man he dated like it's dated to look fucking cool like uh <laughs> you know and dread there on the bike and, and i was just like yeah bring it on now and i felt so i felt in the initial uh you know scene setup i was actually really impressed and, and my expectations which were very much like, I don't know if I'll like it or not, were set up quite high. I was like, oh, sweet, this storyline's going to be one that I'm really going to enjoy. Um, we then have a good scene with Hershey. Uh, now, I believe you were, she's chief judge here, so basically by this period, which is a little bit, it's like 10 years after Judgment Day, she's, and Magruder's gone, and et cetera, et cetera, she's been the chief judge, and, and dread's like, one year in office today. Uh, she says, and he's like, and? And she asks, you think I'm doing a good job? And he's like, the city's no worse off. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Dread. And she's like, thanks. I was hoping for a little of your searing insight. And he said, you were hoping for my approval, which you haven't needed since the Judge Child mission. That was over 20 years ago. You're your own judge. Um, typical Dread. I mean, old stony face. Doesn't hand out the compliments easily, does he?
1: No. You know, no, well. not not dread. Uh, yeah, and then we get Call Me Kenneth come in, which was from the uh was it called Rob- the Robot Wars? Robot
0: War. Yeah, very early, and it was cool to see him because he's such an he's like the I think it might have been the original um storyline, which I think we did, didn't we, in the first case files?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yep. I definitely read that one.
0: Yeah, and I mean it, he's a bit of a joke. It's funny how um, Dread like, High uh, X you know, blows off the head, and he's like, you forgot the brain. He goes, i forgot forgotten nothing. And he just gets the water sprinkler going down, that's the end of Call Me Kenneth. Mm. And I was kind of like, if Dr- if Call Me K- like in, if Like, the setup is, in all these other realities, basically, they killed Dredd. And I was like, it must have been a bad day for Judge Dredd to be killed by Call Me Kenneth. You know? <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the time, he was quite threatening. But yeah, now he's definitely... To the point he can take him out pretty easily.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then we had... And, look, I was enjoying all of this. And and then we had one of the great judges and and one of Dred's close friends, Judge Giant. Uh, the original Judge Giant, not his son, who also becomes a judge, but um the original Judge Giant, who's aged now, and he goes, you're dead, Giant. Orlok shot you right before Apocalypse War. What is this? He goes, you're the one dead old man. Chief Judge, let me do the deed a long time back. Been top dog ever since. How no, I, be I thought dead?
1: this would be the second Judge Giant if no, he was shot right before the, original. the Apocalypse War.
0: Yeah, no. So the setup is um, that in the normal Judge Red continuity, right? Mm. Um, Judge Giant was killed by Orlok, uh, which, which are spoilers for Apocalypse War, which we're going to do soon. Um, was killed by Orlok, the Russian assassin.
1: I guess what I'm asking is, um, I thought when we first introduced Judge Giant that his dad was a judge previously. or Am I thinking of something else? Yeah, no,
0: I'm just explaining right. it. So the, the original Judge Giant, okay, the original original guy. So he was Dred's friend early on in 2000 AD. Like he was like one oh, of okay. yeah, Dred's not partner, but like one of his you know friends. As much as Dredd has friends, Orlok kills him just before Apocalypse War, or maybe even during the early part of it, and it's quite sad. Years later, I believe Garth Ennis brought up the fact that Judge Giant, who was a very respected judge, had a liaison, which they're not allowed to do, but he had a liaison at some point in the past and had a kid. Because Judge Giant was such a highly acclaimed judge, they brushed over it and they put the kid into the program, the cadet program, and that... That kid becomes a judge himself, so that was a girl. No, no, it's a no. guy. It's a. I it's guess a what I
1: was thinking of was because I remember we read the first appearance of Judge Giant. I thought, yeah. um, and I thought he was an athlete or something, and his dad had been a judge, or maybe his dad was an athlete. Is what no, I'm I yeah,
0: there was a. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, the, uh, sorry. The, the, there's a yeah. That's a separate thing. Uh, his granddad or dad. He, of the actual original Judge Giant was an athlete or something like that. Um, And I believe may even have been in a very minor 2000 AD strip um, as the athlete or something like that. So completely separate. But in this version, in this helter-skelter reality, in the alternate reality, that Judge Giant was kind of evil as opposed to Dred's friend and he was working with Cal and he killed Dread, so oh, okay. yeah. Good. So in the in the normal reality, Judge Giant was good. He was a good guy and everything. <laughs> um, but then we have the scene, and I actually had a bit of a problem with this, where where, where Dred's like, um, he, he's like, how could you be alive? He goes, you, and he says, you the one dead old man, Chief, just let me do the deed a long time back. How can I be dead? And then Dredd goes, you were slow, and and shoots him. And I was kind of like, I don't know, like Judge Giant you know, back in his glory days, was not particularly slow. I mean, but I guess maybe not as slow as Judge... Maybe not as fast as Judge Red, I guess. But I was just kind of like...
1: I think it's just a bit of punchy dialogue where he's not yeah. actually trying to, like, yeah. make a comment on the character would be my guess. You just, know? Just, just a one-offer. And just also he's in older. In this instance, obviously, he's out, he's outshot him, right? Yeah, um, well, uh, Dredd was
0: better than him, you know. Also, when you think about it, and Dread makes the comment... This Judge Giant, from the Helter Skelter reality, is like 20 years older as well. So sure. he, unlike Dread, who kind of keeps his skill set, most people, as they get older after a certain point, their reflexes fade and stuff. So, I mean, Cal even says at a certain point that Judge Giant was past his best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I thought that was cool. I was like, okay, sweet, we're really um, exploring some territory here. I liked the girl character... Um, this Mackenzie, or what Kenzie, whatever her name was, with who's kind of suspicious of the Judges and everything, and she's involved with the warp technology. Um, I like that kind of stuff, and she's talking about how they became aware of the existence of Dimension uh, Jump technology through the Dark Judges, who obviously came from
1: Deadworld. Yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah. It felt like there's a lot of references to older things. Yes. Um, and I felt like, was it there at one point, they even referenced, like... Uh, other 2080 strips. Um,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm scanning through, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. And, and frankly, that's what I was, what I wish there'd been a lot more of fleshed out. You know? I, I think yeah, this that could have been cool. Yeah.
1: If you made this a 25-issue yeah, uh, exactly. epic, you could have had Strontium Dog or whoever.
0: Or, and all the other ones that we only see in that splash page could have actually had a role in the story. You know? yeah, that'd have been cool. Yeah, um, would have been extremely cool. But she's talking. I like the idea though. Um, that the thing about like the Sovs during Apocalypse War sent two dozen nukes um, that went to an alternate dimension. I, from vague memory, I think somehow Dread managed to get them to explode not in, um, not in not in Mega City One, but in an alternate dimension. And so basically that was what caused the Helter Skelter because it, it destroyed so many things since the um, since that incident that it's really fucked up reality kind of thing. Like, it's trying to have the balance of things.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, that's helpful that you said that because I didn't really understand what Helter Skelter itself meant. But, yeah. Uh, apparently now in between dimensions as some kind of destructive force, is that what you're saying? Or?
0: Well, I, I think, the way I read it is, the way she explains it is like, when you travel from one dimension to another, you, you create like a little hole that you go through, yeah? And, um, essentially that in itself is not fantastic for dimensional stability, but when the Sovs put, sent through all those nukes, they completely fucked it up, like it caused so much damage that um, basically it, it, it created, it, it started breaking down some some rules, you know? And then with all the travel between all the dimensions, it, it creates a situation where it, it's like helter-skelter, I'm just trying to read it, where things get wilder and faster and then they're out of control. You can't reverse the effect. You're stuck on the ride whether you like it or not and you've taken a whole world with you. You're on the helter-skelter. Um, the old okay. classic. Say the name of the, you know, story or, or movie in the movie. Um. So yeah. So that's essentially what happened. So, with the with the incident with the, the nuclear bombs going through, that was the equivalent of not just a little hole that a person could go through, but like a huge gaping wound. Which, then, with all this other traveling, started to create this problem. And by all these people, from all these de- from from all these people travelling to Judge Red's dimension, it then starts to create the Helder Skelter, and then all the other random characters that are just from other universes start dropping in. Not even evil, but they're just dropping in. Like, you're getting monsters coming in, you're getting, you know, illusions of, like, Rogue Trooper and Slain and ABC Warriors, and if only we'd had scenes with these characters rather than just a picture of them, you know? Yeah, Um, I agree. Yeah, but anyway, it's an interesting idea. Like, this is the thing. I actually think... Obviously, Garth Ennis doesn't come cheap, and by 2001, he certainly didn't need 2000AD. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was certainly flying on his own steam, but I guess maybe he was almost... He wanted to check it off his list, but they couldn't get him for 25 issues. They could only get him for, what, roughly about probably 10? Um,
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm speculating, too.
0: Yeah. I, I just feel that, like... This would all, you know, what this would almost have been good as if he'd had because obviously he he loves 2008, you know. Obviously, it was like a love letter to it. If they'd given him like an original graphic novel and like they did with, say, *Judgment of Gotham* and stuff like that, the Batman Judge Red stuff, and said, yeah. "Well, you know, you've got 150 pages. Take your time. Um, this storyline isn't necessarily that tied into." You, you know, like, it, it's kind of a greatest hit story more than anything. Um, and he could have done it that way and he could have had a bit more time and I think it could have been a big seller. Um, yeah. But, you know, he was probably trying to assist them in trying to help out the comic, you know, the weekly comic. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, then we get the uh, All Hail the Chief Judge and as soon as we saw this guy licking the feet, I was like, this has got to be the most predictable reveal In history, I was like, "There's only one person who this who this mystery person is going to be. It's going to be Chief Judge Cal, who was basically like the insane judge. He's patterned after Caligula, um, the Roman emperor, Mm -hmm. and he he he. There, it's called the day the law died, I think. And um, essentially, he he gets to become the chief judge, and he's just completely nuts. And he he runs it like a total despot, and eventually has to get killed." And he's just completely you know, he's almost just like the you know, the the mad emperor basically. Um,
1: I will say the uh, the judge lackey, yeah. you know, being his lackey was kind of fun. <laughs> I thought it's it was a fun, fun uh yeah. Garthin-ish thing.
0: Yeah, licking his boots and he actually calls him lackey and this and that. <laughs> it was, it That's was his good. name, isn't it? That's what the yeah, badge yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I did like when the H wagon's going after Dredd and Dredd pulls pulls the number piercing bullet which which penetrates the H-wagon which I would have thought would have been resistant to that you know but it kills the guy shoots him through the head
1: <laughs> I was like
0: yeah. it reminded me of Die Hard 4 where doesn't um Bruce Willis take out like a fucking helicopter at some point or yeah, something yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah. or you know it's a, isn't it a, a jet I think it's a jet I think he takes out a jet um, I thought
1: it was uh I think he's it was a helicopter. I thought he right. said he killed a helicopter with a
0: car. Or right? Yeah, he did something. It was it was crazy. This yeah. is the equivalent of that, the 2000 day equivalent. Um, and I enjoyed that. And then you see this big monster that that's come through. Like it, there's just random stuff going on, but the whole thing is these judges with Cal have taken over the Hall of Justice, and so they're putting out their own message to all the other judges. I thought it would have been cooler. To have made it like a proper civil war kind of thing, and ha- and really had it explode
1: across have the been city.
0: Yeah. Well, that's how I would have done it because it's comics. You know, they always say, "Oh, there's no budget other than your imagination." You know how they always say that shit. Well, I'm like, yeah. Why? Why? Why wouldn't we have had scenes of that happening? It would have made the story feel bigger rather than just dread on the run with this girl, and supposedly all this stuff's happening, but we're not really seeing it. You know.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of my complaint, is I feel like between this 70-page story, we got maybe 20, 25 pages of dread and this girl, and yeah. it was a lot of, like, uh, you know, they normally say show, don't tell, but I feel like there was a lot of tell. Lots. Not, not lot
0: yeah, tell. I was like, there's a lot of talking, and bits of it are interesting. Like, it's not that it's, again, it's not that it's uninteresting. I just think they needed to give more action scenes in between the talking and then you've got both because some of the stuff's interesting that she's talking about and you know she's um i like the bit where she says um she she doesn't want dread to blow everything up because that's always dread's solution he's going to blow up the dimensional stuff as cal's getting his forces to come across she's like that will destroy our means of ever reaching another uh, dimension again everything we've got is at tech one Our research, our blueprints, even the other Dark Judges D-jumps we based our own on. Destroy the place now, and you're cutting us off from thousands of worlds, from everything we can learn from them. And then I like Dread. Haven't been much help so far. (laughs) Because he's just... (laughs) You know. um, And then there's a good scene, which I like, where he talks about... Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, so I guess I was just going to ask, you know, how did they get there? I guess they would have those same gates in their dimension. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, you're talking about the evil judges and Cal and all that.
1: I guess my question is if you use a dimensional gate, do you have to go out of a dimensional gate on the other side or do you just go out anywhere? You know?
0: Because uh, really, if they destroy mm. the
1: gates, like, people can still come unless they have to go through. I think they have to go through. I,
0: I think they mentioned the storyline that what the Dark Judges have, which is the sort of more portable ones, they haven't been able to develop. Um,. <laughs> So they use gates. They so it's kind of like I don't watch Stargate, but I assume that when you go through a Stargate, you come out through a Stargate on the other end.
1: Um, yeah, okay, yeah, it's just kind of interesting because it's like they obviously can't coordinate this, yeah. you know, gate building right with some other dimension. So it's they just have to assume that this other dimension would have that technology, you know, it's just kind of interesting. I
0: think that's what happened. I I, I think when it's working, I, I believe that's what, that's what happened. It's not super well explained how the, uh, like, it's very well explained how she's doing it. You know, like she can send through probes and stuff and, and, and look around, but good point. I'm not sure. I, I assumed that they had access to the technology themselves on the other side and yep. then came through to this one. And, so that was why her stuff was risky, because even though she was using it for research, it became a target.
1: Um, I just yeah. always find that kind of stuff interesting, though, because it's like, yeah, sure, you can build a, a dimension-hopping machine, but like, if you don't have anyone on the other side of the other dimension to hop to, then it's no use. It's just interesting, not, yeah. not a complaint, just something you know, no, I find interesting in sci-fi.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. And, and I, but I do think that's how they were doing it here. I think they were doing from gate to gate. Mm-hmm. um in terms of the transport she does mention that they were sending through automated probes and stuff so somehow they they could look into the multiverse if you want to call it that okay. um and she done a lot of research on it like it, it it doesn't really super go into it but you you raise a good point but i think that's what they were doing because i think somewhere in this story she says they they couldn't replicate what the dark judges have, which are they have little portable ones you know so Judge Jeff just turns up wherever the fuck he wants, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. with like they they'll just turn up in a fucking house and start wreaking havoc, and you know. So for them, it's just a little jump jump. Um, whereas for her, it felt more like it was from a gate to a gate. But anyway, there's a good scene here which I like, and I want to get your reaction to this because we've done the America storyline, remember, the democracy stuff.
1: Um yes, yeah, Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so he he goes, Darian Kenzie, I know you. Democracy Now fundraiser about two years ago. You spoke at it, you're listed at the steering committee. You're a dem and she's like, So what? It's not illegal, is it? Not in and of itself. But joining Whisper of Freedom or the Mailer Legacy, one of the militant groups, that's a definite no no. You done anything that stupid? And I like the way that was clever of Ennis because it's not just all about the greatest hits of the villains he brought in the democracy storyline and kind of paid that off a bit because this is 10 years after the democracy movement kind of failed they still exist but like they you know people overwhelmingly voted for the judges to remain
1: um, yeah it was also interesting yeah. cuz uh, the line they keep going back to is that the judges serve the people or protect the people or something and that's kind of the line that they keep yeah. hitting
0: Oh that's right dreading this storyline. That's one of the criticisms of the storyline that dreads too soft, but I thought he was I I, I don't mind it when dread is a little bit human. You know, like especially one on one when when he feels like I don't mind it because he he isn't like I know he's I know like people say to me, you know it's all the satire. I get that, that was a huge part of it and there's a big satirical element of Judge Dread, but there are storylines that aren't satirical where Dredd is serving the people as well, you know. Like, it's not like every storyline is a massive satire on Judge Red and what mm-hmm. a fool he is. Yeah, kind of I agree. Thing. You know, and in this one, they 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 do hit that line a lot, but I don't mind that because if you want to look at the action, like if you want to look at the storylines, many is the time Judge Red puts his life on the line for the city. You know, like many,
1: oh yeah, for sure. many yeah. fucking
0: times has he done that. So, yeah, I I. I you know i, I not judge Dredd isn't in himself corrupt at all the system around him can be corrupted and they can sometimes make compromises and dread occasionally has made some compromises when forced to really by the chief judge but in general dread is fairly incorruptible you know com- the system is not so the system can be corrupted but he is in essence a stickler of a sort of, like, law. Like, he will call out corrupt judges in a heartbeat.
1: Sure, I guess, yeah, I would agree with that. But I also think, you know, you look at someone... You know, I think you could make comparisons from Dread with, like, Rorschach, right? Where everything's black and white to them, where sometimes, you know, maybe their call is questionable just because of how black and white they do see things, you know? Sure. Would be my only comment, but I agree that, yeah, he's not, like... He is incorruptible in the sense that he's a, a rule follower, and he's not yeah. gonna, you know. But um, you know, if you look at the black and white type argument, maybe a bit more. I oh, would, yeah,
0: I would say Rorschach's even worse. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, d- sure. dread's not far away. Dread, dread, in essence, like, look, is it a police state in Mega City One? Yes, it is. You know, um, is it required? Like considering the city and the situation. Pretty much, like if if it wasn't for the judges, total anarchy would reign in Mega City One. Um, I believe it. You got to you got to stamp down on the civil disobedience, Adam. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am saying? I said the other day where where I live in Sydney, I said we're almost at zero percent crime. I could make it zero if they just gave me the power <laughs> of the judges. You know,
1: just need a lawgiver. Yeah,
0: like, but I I'd love to be corresponding. Like, I I am not against like you know midnight raids. You know, kind of thing on people and stuff, and like crime crime blitz, which is what when the judges just go to a a block and they just start crime blitzing for like the most minor of offences. It's just a reminder to the citizens that they're under the eye of the law. So, is <laughs> it a police like
1: a V for vendetta?
0: Is it a police state? Sure. Do I have any problems with it? Not really.
1: <laughs> um,
0: anyway, but but in this one, one of the criticisms is Dred's too soft here. But I'm like, he's not that soft, like this this woman is actually helping him you know what i mean like she's a very helpful lady herself and i don't mind it now we start seeing when i'm midway through here and we start seeing a lot of people turning up so we see this guy which i'm not even sure who they who that big monster is it's on page 38 um it's like
1: mentions later i think the story he's from but i don't know yeah, he's got, like, Killer big loops. teeth,
0: and he's just, like, piling people in. <laughs> like, it's... Killer croc.
1: Oh, no, you're talking... Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about the previous page with the big crocodile man. Oh, that's yeah, the clegs. Yeah, fucking crazy.
0: The Klegs, um, I can tell you where the Klegs were from. During Cal's reign, they were kind of brought in as... They're kind of like alien mercenaries. Yeah. Okay. And he brought them in. They were sort of like his, um, shock troopers. You know, like his bodyguard. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, when
1: we get over to the, uh... To showing these villains, you'll have to tell me where we might have seen each one.
0: We're almost there. So we see this one with the big teeth. I'm not sure where he's from, but there's a lot of crazy characters in Dread and 2000 AD. Uh, Then we get over to... Okay, so uh, we we get over to War Marshal Kazan. Well, he's the Sov leader, or the Sov War Marshal. So in the Apocalypse War storyline that we'll do, he's like the big, bad, sort of Stalin-esque... Solve, okay. solve leader that they they're fighting Figured on
1: that one. Okay,
0: yeah. Then we've got the ape Don Ugi Alp- Alpino or Alpino. Um, they they're just like kind of like ape gangsters. Um, I remember them from yeah. that first volume. They're pretty fucking cool. Uh, it was good to see them because they're not. I mean, look, they're evil in the sense that they're criminals, but they're not like that evil. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, I think was this the one specifically that like they did a. King Kong pastiche where sort
0: of I think, yeah, probably, <laughs> um, but they're cool, but it was good to see him, then we see the we see the Cleggs, all the same, to hungry Clegg, eat him, uh Fink angel, you remember Fink Angel from the angel gang, and judge child,
1: um, yeah, I guess I just don't know why he looks the way he does, well that's how he looked, that's pretty much how he looked I don't little, little, well, right. I also see on his on his like midsection, he has a uh well, go back, I guess, two pages. Yeah. And on his midsection there, he has, like, a judge, it almost looks yeah. like a judge death.
0: I don't know why he's got maybe that. He's just,
1: maybe he's just got a skull. Okay. I just thought he was just, like, a normal-looking person. I didn't know he looked like a... No, he's
0: he's kind of a crazy runt. Uh, Like, he's the... Think, oh. from, from memory, Think Angel is kind of the most sort of bestial one of the Angel gang. He's, you okay. know, he's almost completely... um almost completely crazy you know what I mean uh then we had Captain Skank now Captain Skank's an interesting one he was from a storyline that I think Brendan McCarthy drew called Pirates of the Black Atlantic which actually is a really it's a cool storyline they're basically just pirates in the middle of like the polluted because the Atlantic Ocean there is so polluted that it's actually kind of solid um it's it it's been so polluted by radiation and everything that it's kind of like the maybe salt is not the right word but like tar you know like sticky and yeah it's just completely fucked up but he 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 is a pirate there now the storyline's cool but it actually ends with a a link to the Sovs, and it's it's one of the uh, from memory I think it's one of the... Um, it's, got a, it's got a link to the sob somehow. I, I can't quite remember exactly how, but it's, uh, it's one of those cool storylines that they throw a breadcrumb. It's got some link to the Sov block at the end. Um, so it's a cool storyline. But, he, you know, again, he's a throwaway villain. Then we have Rico. Now, I've got a real problem with how they do Rico here in this storyline because I feel Rico is literally Judge Dredd's clone brother. He is the sort of dark mirror version of Dredd. And I feel he's really underserved in this storyline. I've got to say, I don't like that Rico is just a—he's almost like a third banana.
1: Yeah, it really seems like he could have um, had a bigger role. You know, uh, been either yeah. the leader.
0: I think he can... would have been a better leader than Cal. Cal is a leader. He's a joke. You know, he's conceited. He always loses. He's kind of crazy. Whereas Rico is, you know, literally dread. Darker and kind of more corrupt, but still very sort of formidable, you know.
1: Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and I was, I guess, I was curious. Did he um, have you know? Have we seen Rico since that time he died at all?
0: Uh, well, that that Rico died um, in an early storyline, so that was the end of him. Uh, Pat Mills did that storyline again which all we're going to do as a one-shot. He he, kind of, in the 90s, redid the storyline again. Sort of just pretty much did it again, but with more modern storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but in more recent years, I want to say more recent years, the last 10 years, um, Rico, a Rico clone has hit the streets again. Okay. So... Uh, You know, because Dredd's a clone, so it's interesting, and in fact, where I'm reading the case files, that's where Rico starts to come into it, and I think that's an interesting relationship.
1: uh, It's just something that is always interesting to me with 2000, or with Judge Dredd at least, where Mm. it seems like they have a lot of restraint, which you can respect, but it's also sometimes like, oh, you know, I would like a little bit of a fan service, you know, and yeah. have Rico come back, which, you know, according to you, he apparently eventually does, but, you know, it takes a while.
0: Yeah, like, I think this... Like, I've not read it yet. I've only read the starting chapters, but I think the idea of a Rico clone, who's also just a Dread clone, hitting the streets, and then it's like, will he go bad? Because that's a big thing with Dread. How come he went so good, but Rico went so bad? They're from the same stock, literally. Mm. You know? And... Mm-hmm. He, you know, it's it's interesting, and um, they can play with that, and I'm sure they do play with that in the in the storyline, which is where I'm sort of up to now. and And I don't think Rico is is all bad in the new clone. I don't think they just go, oh, it's another evil Rico. I think they might do a more slightly more nuanced, you know, that, version that of it. That does
1: sound really cool. Yeah.
0: So, and and that's where I'm up to at the moment. So there's a lot of cool stuff they do, but yeah, it is 2008 because of its length, it, it is a slow burn in a way. You know. Um, and I think partly it is kind of like the Punisher. He kills a lot of his villains. You know what I mean? Like a lot of dreads villains, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, he does kill, you know? Um, Yeah.
1: Um, the one that comes to mind is, uh, Barracuda for Punisher where I remember everybody kind of always talks about him. And then I read the story and I was like, oh, that's it. But I know they have other stories or stuff with him, but uh, it was just interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, this It really are weird. Like, sometimes they really squander it. Like, they've got a really great fucking story. And I love John Wagner. John Joe Wagner is, to me, one of the greatest comic book writers. You know, it's such a good story that he and Alan Granty with Trapper Hag. One of my favourite 2000 East we will definitely do it on the show. It's only a two-parter, but it's brilliant. Okay, so he's this alien bounty hunter who comes to Mega City 1. Pre-Predator, and you can see some Predator... Links, almost, you know? Okay. Anyway, it's awesome. They fight, you know, Dread barely beats him, but he does. He's locked up. They bring him back, I swear to God, 20 years later, or maybe 15 years later, for such a lackluster sequel that you actually wish they hadn't done it, you know?
1: And Yeah, that's yeah. just what's weird to me is, like, uh, you know, you have a great story, but, you know, just because of the length of the each issue, you know, it doesn't always, you know, it might be a 10-page story or something yeah, that they feature yeah. in. And then, um, you know, you just never really see him again. It's just going But, kind of but you could have.
0: Like, I mean, he was he was captured. Like, it's a great storyline. It's one of the best. And when they brought him back, I read it, and I was like, I can't believe And the rest of the comic is really good, like the Judge Shredd's stuff he's doing. I, I was like, I honestly, I wouldn't have brought him back for that story. Like, you've got to, if you're bringing them back, you've got to make it worthwhile, you know?
1: Um, uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, otherwise, that's kind of like well, that's like them bringing back these guys for this story, where it was kind of like, yeah, you know, didn't necessarily feel worth it. It wasn't epic enough,
0: and yet this was better than the Trapper Haggard. Then we have Murd the Oppressor, who is obviously Garth and his favorite. Um, now again, the War Marshal, I liked the like so much of this is like, if only they'd executed it better, like the War Marshal arguing with Cal. I'm like the War Marshal. Is born a match for Cal. The War Marshal is a very formidable opponent. You know, like he was. It was a roll of dice in Apocalypse War, like who was going to win, kind of thing. Like it wasn't. It wasn't one way traffic by any means. Mm-hmm. And to me, the War Marshal, like Rico, is far more formidable than Cal, who's essentially just a nut job. You know. Uh, then okay, so then there's, there's something, and we will do it in in an interlude episode at some point. Now, one of the most famous. 2008 characters outside of dread is rogue trooper um are are you familiar at all even with the pictorial of rogue trooper has he ever come across your radar
1: yeah he's blue i know they're making a movie about him yes now he's a really cool character now
0: just in essence he's a a clone who goes down they're fighting this war between the southers and and the Nords, and it's on a planet called New Earth. And it's just like a very fucking hellish war. Like, it's almost like, at the time, I think they were taking a lot of inspiration from Vietnam and putting it kind of in space. Like, it's a war with no sort of conclusion. It's just endless. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so he... he essentially, what was cool here was the Nords turn up. Um, they're going Nordland, Nordland, and they're in this sort of, like, if you can see, they're in the in the suits, because the, the whole... The whole planet they're fighting on is massively chemical warfare has made it just almost like so toxic, and so mm, people have cool. to fight in these suits. the the the, the rogue trooper who's a genetic intro from for men um a GI he he actually can breathe in it, so that's why you see him and he's all blue with the mohawk. Yeah, yeah so it, it was again. I thought that was really cool that you see these guys turn up from a from a separate. Kind of storyline. There's nothing to do with dread. Them turning up and fighting the judges. I was like, that's a cool scene, you know? Um, yeah,
1: and they kind of, um, you know, for someone like me that isn't aware, it's mm. not important, no. but it's nice for people that aren't. And was uh, Rogue Trooper? Was he with the Nords or against them? Against.
0: So the Originally, when the storyline started, it was very much like he was a Souther and he was betrayed. That there's a traitor general. The whole storyline is. He comes down. All the all the other GIs are killed except for him, and he finds out that there's a traitor general in the Souther Army who's betrayed them all to the Nords. And his mission, along with fighting Nords along the way, is to find the traitor general and kill him. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's a great fucking story. It really is good. Uh, Dave Gibbons um, was one of the creators. Um, you know from yeah. from Watchmen. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, yeah, he was one of the. Is that his name, Dave Gibbons? Am I
1: right? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you say that, though. I once had this guy who was, like, screaming about how important Watchmen was, and, mm. you know, everybody knows that, but yeah. <laughs> he kept going, like, I'm the world's biggest Watchmen fan. I I love Jesus. Dave Gibson, and he kept <laughs> going on. I was like, y- you love him? And he's like, yeah, Dave Gibson is my favorite <laughs> artist, and I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> He just kept getting, like, little things, and he also, um, <laughs> I don't remember the, which one's right now, but uh, is it the Charlton characters? He kept calling them, I think, Charleston, and uh, like, He's
0: He was making a few errors, yeah. you know. But well, he, was I mean, passionate. It fine, he was passionate. But it's just the know, fact yeah. that
1: he was lecturing me about yeah. it, and how, like, I shouldn't buy or support some other, <laughs> oh, you know, Jesus. like, before Watchmen or something. Oh, or.
0: right, he was like, one of these. Uh, honestly, I just don't care enough. Like, it's, oh, I love Watchmen too, I think it's fucking cool. Yeah. But, like, honestly, like, I always feel like, like, well, don't buy it. Like, you know, it's very simple. Like, you don't have to buy it. It's not fucking... It's, it's really I, not... I know. <laughs> like, if you hate Before Watchmen... Hey, you know, and I understand... You, you, I understand the philosophical argument behind it. I get it. Like, they were screwed. But don't support it then, you know? Like, but don't well, let sure the people.
1: You know, even beyond the the creator's being screwed. It's like some people are like, you know, I don't want to know any more or less about this character or these characters. It's like, okay, that's fine. And like you said, don't read it. Don't buy it. Yeah. Just ignore
0: it. Like, so what? It's all made up anyway. Yeah. (laughs) like you know uh, yeah that is but it is funny when someone's so passionate but they're getting some facts wrong you you see that a fair bit though guys
1: very like basic (laughs) yeah yeah he said
0: but like some but I guarantee you that if you went to look at what comics he's read he's probably not read very many at all either you know well that's often the case with those guys who are like oh what's the most important comic of all time and they're like definitely Watchmen definitely and and it's like how many have you ever read just one,
1: <laughs> like,
0: like you know what I mean? They're always like one of the most important comics of all time. It's like Watchmen, Mouse, and, and you know, then they're like, mm, not sure. Have there been other comics?
1: <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's just a bit of a cliche, but it's just the the pretension, I guess, to yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, I don't know. Anyway,
0: it's 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 also sort of the same people who lecture you about, uh, you do still see it, like, it's a graphic novel, this is how it should be read, and then you're like, you are aware it came out monthly, or it came out in 12 issues, and then... <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, yeah, I had a buddy correct me one time, uh, you know, and he didn't mean anything by it, but it was just kind of a thing that kind of annoys me, I was talking about, like, yeah, Watchmen, you know, it's a really good comic, and I like the movie, and I was like, it's not a comic book, it's a graphic novel, Ooh, and I'm like... Yeah. Well, really, it's not like I have the issues upstairs in my
0: yeah <laughs> in long box. And, and essentially, the debate doesn't even matter. But it's funny when people get these muddle these facts up, you know.
1: Well, yeah. I guess to me, even if it is a graphic novel, the medium is still called comics. Like the format might be a graphic novel, but the yeah. medium is comics, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it is. It is. Format.
0: But I, I just it, you're right. But I also just I, I roll my eyes at the pretension, I guess, because like. You, when you're reading it, as you say, it's a comic and you're reading it and like, yeah, it's a comic and where they put it out and, like, I can think of so-called original graphic novels that you know, Marvel or DC have put out you know, Earth fucking one Batman is, you know was put out, but it, when you read it, it's not any different to a normal fucking comic I
1: know, well, I you mean, know? that's the thing it's like, the comics in the newspaper are still <laughs> called comics, like, it doesn't fucking matter what, yeah. you, you know, you could put it on a fucking side of a Subway, you know, wall, and it's still a fucking comic. (laughs) A lot of
0: that is just, a lot of that is mainstream media uh, forcing it down people's throats that um, uh, the graphic novels of Watchmen and Mouse are so much better than anything. That's, it's, the article's written by people that don't really read comics, if you know what I mean.
1: For sure, yeah. And, and yeah, and then there's also like, The trade paperback, which I feel like most things that people call graphic novels are actually trade paperbacks, which is just like a collection of... Which is most of
0: the stuff they put out. Like, I'm looking at my wall here, and it's jam-packed with with trade paperbacks and hardcovers, and nearly all of them that I'm looking at originally came out in a monthly format, you know?
1: Yeah, it's really more uncommon to think of, like, a major you know, graphic novel. Like, yeah, there's, a, really... there,
0: there's some, but, like, I mean, especially in the 80s, they did a oh, lot I guess of
1: them. Killing Joke maybe would be a big one, but even that, that's pretty thin.
0: It's thin. Uh, let me try to think. I can think of some of the Marvel... Uh... About eight years ago, put out a few of them like Mark Wade's Family Business, Spider Man. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. an Avengers one. Yeah, blah blah blah. Like, but
1: but even those, those aren't like ones like oh, you got to read them.
0: No, you read them, and you you wouldn't even know that if you if you hand it to someone, they wouldn't even fucking know which one came out monthly and which one came out in one format because there's really no difference in the content whatsoever.
1: (laughs) You know. That reminds me, I was talking with my stepdad once, um, mm. famous dread disliker. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but he was like, he was talking about, he's like, I kind of like the graphic novel art more than comic book art. And I'm like, this might have made sense in the 80s, but today I just don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Yeah, I, I look, I
0: I've certainly, like, many, many years, I certainly prefer reading them in the collected format and not having to do week by week, month by month. Because I, I enjoy to read it all at once but there's no difference in the fucking art like it's yeah, it's yeah. it's just a collection like you know what i mean like and but the fact that we have these conversations and there's so many people who don't understand it i i, I sort of get past the point of caring
1: really i'm just like yeah exactly i mean sometimes people you know don't just don't know it's not a big deal i just uh, whenever people try to like lecture you about oh, it, oh it's hilarious like, yeah, yeah. Now,
0: I do love here, so after the Nords, and see, th- these are two bits. I love the Nords turning up, and they're going, Nordland, Nordland, and um, the judges are finding them, and then you have this vampire guy turn up, and I haven't read the storyline, but I believe he's from Vampires on the Eastern Front or something, which was a 2008 war story very early on. Um, cool. I think set in World War II, um, We, sh- I should probably track it down. We could probably do it, but... It's a, um, a very early 2008 storyline set in World War II where literally there's vampires in the Eastern Front. So it was kind of fun to see him turn up. And then um, he's like, bullets, mortal, you're in for a rude awakening. And then he's like, there's bullets, creep, and then there's bullets. And he like fully like takes him out with like a, in a synergy bullet or something, I think. So he totally <laughs> totally kills him there. Uh, then we see uh, the... I think Satanus which is the character the the dinosaur from flesh another 2000d early comic turn up and that's where I thought it was a bit more fun having these kind of characters turn up it was kind of cool and you see the the judges going with the bike cannon and everything um, that was cool you know? Um, you
1: know I was trying to think did Satanus pop up in some other dread story before i feel like he's familiar that yeah i think so
0: i think so yeah i I believe so like um because i think that that character excuse me that storyline was it i believe it happens in technically dread's world like outside of mega c1 but out in the cursed earth i have not read it but i believe so yeah so uh, might even have been a son of satanis that turned up or something you know?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just remember something. And
0: yeah, you were no, enjoying it. Yeah, it was cool. and But then we get the very controversial moment where, again, they're talking, and it really is a lot of talking, um, and and she's saying, now I want to get your reaction to this. Um, be, she's going, even beyond that, there are people and cultures and places beyond your imagination, so wild you can only marvel at the wonder of it all, so incredible you can hardly even fit it in your head. And Dred's like, no other way. Let's go. He's talking about blowing it up. She says, "Do you know the things I've seen out there? Do you know how many how many other worlds there are?" She's like, "We've logged at least two thousand. You can't even you you just can't even begin to imagine." And then you see the double page spread. Now I want to go through. This is this is on page forty eight. So forty.
1: Oh, I I think it's f- the forty six is the page number on the actual. Okay. I think.
0: Yes, it is. You're right. Actually, yes. Um, it's forty-eight on my iPad. But so there we see, we see Rogue Trooper on the left. Mm-hmm. I'm going to name these for you so you know them. Rogue Trooper. Uh, then above him, that kind of crazy alien-looking character. That's Nemesis the Warlock, uh, who's kind of a really cool sort of um, uh, chaos magician. Uh, but below him is Sam Slade, Robo Hunter, uh, a sort of funny comedy character. Then you have the ABC Warriors, uh, and you see Roadjaws, uh, Deadlock, Hammerstein, Joe Pineapples, Mongol. Um, they're all the ABC Warriors, robot kind of warriors. Uh, b- below them is not a very good depiction of Slane, who's like a berserker warrior. It doesn't actually look much like Slane,
1: but it is Slane. Yeah, I thought that was him, but yeah, I think the style kind of lost something. It
0: almost looks version. like Johnny Alpha, actually, more than Slane, <laughs> but with a axe. <laughs> And then you see Halo Jones gets a really big... Uh, see the female uh, on the bottom right um, with oh, the white yeah, hair? Yeah. That's Halo Jones, which was an Alan Moore character um, in a very famous Alan Moore storyline that he wrote just before he left 2008. A really good character, but, yeah, it was interesting to see her. So, yeah, so the ABC Warriors... And when I saw the ABC Warriors, I was like, man, what a missed opportunity to have had the Warriors in a dread storyline, like, not just a fucking, you know double-page spread, like, just picture of them, but to, ha- to have actually had them in the storyline would have been so cool, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it would have been cool for all of them, you know, mm. you, like we said, expand the, cage count, or the page count here. Yeah, um, yeah. I, don't I know was just what looking like at Slain, done. and I feel like he normally has, like, uh, eye makeup or
0: Yeah, he does, yeah. It's not a very... Look, I love Carlos Esquizara, but that wasn't a good Slane. Yeah, I think
1: this might be Flint Henry. Oh, it's really?
0: Not. Oh, okay. I'm right. not
1: sure. I know Flint Henry did part of it. Oh no, that's in a few pages. Yeah, this okay. is Carlos.
0: The Warriors look cool though. The Warriors look cool. That, that that's the old version of the Warriors, and um, we'll, we'll do an ABC Warriors storyline at some point. But they're they're cool, and it's actually the original Warriors because it's even got the um on the very right hand side. They the one who looks like a guy with a beard. Um yeah, I but, like his beard. Yeah, he's like he's only in the very first couple of stories. But yeah, it was cool to see them. So yeah. I was kind of like hoping that, that those kind of characters would get more of a run, but they get no run at all. And when she's but I mean, it's a bit on the nose when she's like, There's at least two thousand and I was like, Oh Jesus Like huh. you're like oh, wow, it's like it's like they all come from two thousand AD. <laughs> it's kinda
1: of, it's almost like, oh that's why we called the comic that this whole time because it doesn't take place in the year two thousand <laughs> Yeah, I know.
0: Well the hilarious thing is when they named it in seventy seven, two thousand AD I was always like, I mean, I, I know they wouldn't have assumed the comic would still be going, but it, it is funny when, when when it became close to 2000, people were like, "You're going to change it again?" I was like, "Why would they change it?" You know, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, would—that's uh, not uh, good for the brand, I don't think. Yeah,
0: 3000 AD, <laughs> like, it would just suck so much. Um, so anyway, look, then we get to the scene, and we do get. You are right. I think right after that scene, we get where Carlos Casasara hands off art duties because you notice the art change when it gets to like Hershey on the when he looks at her and she's crucified.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I'm not loving the Flint Henry art here.
0: No, I wasn't. No, it's quite the change. It's quite the change of pace as well. I think Mm -hmm. it's it it changes a lot. Look, I especially don't like his cowl. You know,
1: Uh, his cowl. Oh, his cow! I got yeah, it. his yeah. cow. Like I, I quite ridiculous. like
0: I quite like the little froggy merc, the oppressor, whatever she's called. And I like the wa- the, the war marshal looks good, and Rika looks, uh, like looks pretty cool. Yeah, but like I don't like his cow at all. Um, yeah, and and then we get Hershey's kind of been kind of broken really, and it it almost felt like there was a, um, a sort of a jump here. Suddenly, Dreads with Hershey in the bed, like talking to her. I'm like, when did he find her?
1: You know. What you, well, he well he he got her down off the the cross, right?
0: Oh, I. But uh, was she on the cross though? Because I I thought I that, that was that... a mental thing. I, I I when I saw that, I thought at first that, that was just a mental projection.
1: Oh no, he actually found her because he says you can't. Uh, he oh, says, okay. Drock, my or no, yeah." Yeah. Okay. So. All oh, right, so he got her off... Because
0: cause when I read... Uh, then you see her hands are bandaged. So, yeah, she was actually crucified. That's pretty harsh. Yeah, um, pretty Yeah, okay, I didn't... Uh, yeah, I, I, I was like, I didn't realize... I do like the scene with the judges when they're all, like, smoking and drinking and stuff. Like, they're sort of the corrupt judges that have been with Cal. Because, mm, yeah. you know, because Cal was kind of like... Um, and, and Dredd just burns them, you know, just completely. Like, with one shot, really, he just kills them. Um... <sighs> With one incendiary bullet, and I'm like, "How did one incendiary bullet kill everyone?" You know, it's pretty cool though. It is. It, it is cool.
1: <laughs> and they, it's kind of funny because they aren't really expecting a confrontation. No, they're and just, they just like just, just kind of like up. just takes him out.
0: They just like just go up, and he's just like bang, done. Um, yeah, so then we get up there, and like, would you agree with me? It's almost like there's too many villains in a room, and all they're doing is talking. You know. Just... Yeah,
1: and he just, like, takes them all out, which is, you know... Well, let's know. go through That's it. That's where I think it would have been yeah. cool to have the longer yes story arc.
0: the Spider-Man gauntlet sort of stuff, you know?
1: Or, you know, Nightfall. Um, yeah.
0: Funny. Yeah, man. Then we'd be talking. Uh, we see he takes out the Clegg. Uh, the Cleggs are pretty hardcore. Um... There's Fink Angel and the Pirate.
1: Well, he eats his gun and then he says, Okay, I give up and he's like, Not till I get my gun back. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna keep cutting.
0: Um, yeah, and then and then we see uh Rico uh and the war marshal um going against him. Um then we even the ape gets a shot in and Fink gets a shot in and then um Dred's talking uh, one where Captain Skank was not some Eastman stooge, but rules the block of as pirate king. And then suddenly Dred just goes up and just rips out like his fucking brain.
1: <laughs> oh, see, I thought that he was just, uh, okay, he's ripping off the... He's ripping I off off the thought tentacles. he was just pushing like his nose up into his skull, which I thought he'd done before, but this is... You know, I don't know. Different.
0: Or maybe he's, he might be doing that, but I also thought he was kind of ripping out the tentacles and like destroying his head.
1: I think you're right, because the guy says... Zzz, which sounds like he's being, like, yeah. electrocuted. It's
0: actually pretty good. Um, <clears throat> and then they talk about... Cal talks about, we shot and lynched you. We, and stabbed you and drowned you and tortured and poisoned you. When we were triumphant, you lost. Like, in all these realities. So they're not all coming from one reality. They're coming from all the different realities where they've beaten Dread. Which is actually pretty cool.
1: hmm
0: So that was cool. And then Murd the Oppressor said... There's a world out there where dread won. Um yeah, no, it's actually pretty cool. And then and then he, and
1: then you've got Well, yeah, he's the one that recruited them all kind yes. of uh, by telling them that and then they'd go on to say that they just couldn't stand you know, that there's a world out there where dread yeah. lives, which is like, you know, you guys had it pretty good. You didn't yeah. have to worry about dread. You were probably yeah. you know, conquering your Yeah.
0: Well literally, literally, Murder the oppressor controlled the galaxy with a judge child, like being so prescient, you know, and but it's the old story they just had to stamp on dread in like one reality where dread is just like a bit stronger and a bit faster than all the other realities, you know the reality where uh, they would almost call it like in in the comics, it's like you know isn't that you know the reality they call the the prime reality or whatever, where dread is just that more unbeatable because he's the central character kind of thing, um yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. And then, um, I guess again. And then, and then Rico's talking. And guess who gets to do the honors, brother? Um, Dred's like, I've just had, I've had just about enough of you scum. Um, and there's doesn't it come down to a shootout? Yeah, it comes down to a shootout. But and... his
1: his uh, <sighs> Dred's gun is across the room at Rico's feet.
0: Exactly. And Rico's like, What did your Rico do? He would give you a chance, law give it back in your holster, something dumb like that. And Dred's like, I gave him a chance, told him to stop while there was still time. You think he can make it? And then then Rico, this Rico is going to pull out his gun and Dred just pitches the... It's actually a good scene. He pitches his badge at him and wedges it inside his skull. Um, pretty good throw, can I say, to be able to do yeah. that to someone's skull. Like, <laughs> you know, like when we're watching Walking Dead, I always comment to Michelle just how fucking expert these idiots are at piercing through people's brains.
1: You, you know? mean the zombies? The zombies, or... yeah.
0: The zombies. Like, no, the, the like, you know, Daryl and the rest of the crew, including some very minor cast members, they always manage to pierce through someone's brain. I always feel like they don't really estimate how hard that could be. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, the way they do it so casually, like, oh, once again, we've, we've pierced right through the brain and killed the brain so perfectly. But, <laughs> I mean, the way he's tossed this, how hard would you have to throw a badge to wedge it inside someone's skull.
1: like That was kind of going to be my question. If, you know, if the badge was designed to be some kind of defensive weapon as well, but it doesn't really seem like it because no. he has to, like, rip it off of his no, shirt. it's never
0: happened before. Like, just the way he rips it off, then he flings it. If you look at the angle, the angle does not look like it's going to suddenly twist and then become... It's not like he's throwing it with the right angle. He's throwing it side on, but it lands... Fate, you know, um, the way it lands, it's like perpendicular, but the way he's throwing it, it's like horizontal. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, maybe you it's like it. spinning.
0: Yeah, I was gonna, I was about to say, is he putting some crazy spin on it? Um, interesting. If only we had dread here to talk about how he's spinning that into Rico's <laughs> head, and he's also aimed it perfectly, kind of where the Titan thing goes. So maybe that was a bit weaker because of the Titan thing, and then he's like. It's a good throw though it's a good scene um and then he and then it's just dispatch mode he he dispatches uh firstly the rat, then he he gets the poor ape, the poor ape is not really in the same class, you know as some of these guys no. and he he shoot he stomach shoots the war marshal, which again I feel is a wasted death, you know as I'm saying, I think that could have been a whole issue in itself, you know um, yeah
1: the whole you know even. Yeah, all these guys, yeah. Yeah, Merc the Oppressor
0: just gets blown away. Um and then there's Ratty. and Am I right really in saying is that is that Murk the Oppressor that he throws the rat into or is that Fink Angel?
1: Oh that's Fink Angel. Right. He shoots a mur Oh wait. Oh yeah, that's Fink Angel,
0: yeah. Fink Angel yeah, and he puts he he just puts that in there. Um and and then and then Rico's like Grudrochasol, coldest meanest son of a and dread just goes something in the blood, which is kind of what they always keep talking about—the blood, like the the, the clones. Um, so yeah, and then Dredd puts obviously puts it back on. Um, yeah, and and then basically we get the scene where he does exactly. How we see we see Lackey where he's like, gladly I give my life for. He shoots him through the head. It almost goes through his ear. Shoulder shots. Uh, Cal, who then falls. It's locked onto his homeworld, and then Dredd blows it up. Um, so he doesn't get home. Uh, To break the link, stop him getting home, sure, but he's still out of the warp. He'll still get out of the warp. Any D-jump local to his departure dimension will automatically pull him in. The nearest is Tech 21. He can use the equipment there to get home. He could if it wasn't wired with Thermex. Dead note is good for 10k radius. And then he finds out that she's actually stolen it off him. So he transports back to Tech 21. Um, but then she blows it up and so that kills him completely.
1: Yeah. She took it to try to stop dread and then she kind of realizes, Yeah, and that was kind of the whole thing where she's like, you know, comes to respect him, I guess.
0: Yeah. And she, she does that. And, um, I, I thought it was a good ending actually. Um, Chief Judge Hershey recovered quickly she gave immediate priority to eliminating all residuals from the crisis, the Norts and the Geeks and so on, it's pretty cool like that the Norts were out there just like going crazy though nothing was ever seen in the Vampire Soldiers which is cool because it means the Vampire Soldiers could definitely come back into the Dread storyline, you know Um, and the same with Tyrannosaurus I thought that was cool that like he, some of the stuff could still exist you know? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, and then there's the thing about how Cal's right of the Helter Skelter forever, which is kind of cool. Dredd's then saying to her, a mm-hmm. word of advice, any extremist literature your damn friends might have left with you, but you got to do to get rid of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that that was actually cool of Dredd, that he actually recommended to her. Because the thing with Dredd is, I, he always, he did give, even though he doesn't believe in democracy, he, at the end of the day, did allow the vote to happen. You know? He respected the process uh, of the referendum, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. he's against any militant action, completely, like the total war stuff and all that. Not the total war, but the 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 people who were the crazy extremists. I forget what the was it total war they were called, whatever they yeah, were I think called. So. Yeah, he's against all that. But the the basic proponents of the democracy movement, he actually did meet with, and if not support, he allowed it to happen. You know. So, you know, she's helped out. She's, she's, she's been a, you know, she's got some ideals. That's, that's not illegal. Um, yeah. Uh, like, when I read this storyline, I, I, in no way do I hate the storyline. I just wish that Garth Ennis had, had almost like twice the room, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, that would probably be the biggest criticism and actually going through it again this time. Yeah. I liked it better than when I read it. I yeah. don't know if it's partly because you were explaining things to me or sometimes I think just dread, um, yeah. reads a little better once you revisit it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's cause yeah. there's a lot of, uh, what's the word exposition? Yes. Exposition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some dread story. This had, too much exposition for the page count, he could have balanced it. Because when he did the good action scenes and Carlos cruz drew them, I thought they looked excellent. You know, like the scenes with like the Noughts, with the vampire um, guy and all that. Like, there's some really good scenes. Um, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. And I feel I'm probably being a bit generous, but on the reread with you, I'm like, you know what, it's 6.5. It's not bad. It's certainly not the best Dread or the best Ennis ever. And I still feel that Ennis has not yet written that perfect Dread story that I, I bet he always wants to have written, you know?
1: Yeah, I can imagine that. Um, yeah, I'll go with a seven. I think That's I was it. probably at a six when we started, but just revisiting it, uh, it played a lot better for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, the same criticisms as you is, like, uh, if Dread fans were a big fan of, you know, whatever character... Yeah. Uh, that comes back in the story and you know, they get to see him again. And it's kind of, um, I guess I would compare it to something like the end of guardians of the galaxy, where, Mm. uh, rather than fighting, um, I don't remember what the villain's name, but, uh, star Lord has like a dance off to like distract him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like that where you're almost like subverting expectations. I did like guardians of the galaxy, but I didn't like it so much here where they're, um, kind of subverting your expectations by, you know, there's these eight villains that yeah. were a huge deal in previous stories and they all get taken out in about Very easily. I mean, yeah.
0: Rico yeah. at least gets a scene, but the like War Marshal doesn't barely even get a scene. He just gets a gut shot and, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we've covered it, but I, I think maybe the idea of the gauntlet would have been a good idea. And I probably would have done a, a prelude chapter with Cal discovering them or forming them or something, like actually showing it happen, you know? Yeah, that
1: could have been cool. Uh, and I actually forgot that we had, um, uh, it's not Walter, but that robot at the beginning yeah, that yeah, he also well, fought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Where C- you could call have done me something Kenneth. like that where he fights him intermittently, right? Like, call, call me uh, Kenneth, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, call me Kenneth. So you could have done a story where dread's on the run, kind of like he was, mm. and you just have like these villains out almost as bounty hunters. Yeah, you
0: encounter them, yeah, him. for sure. No, definitely. Look, I mean, it's, it, it's it, like so many of Ennis's Judge Red. It's good but flawed, you know? Um, and it almost feels like, whereas when he was writing the title for a couple of years, he had a lot of room and he did like Judgment Day, which I think is a, a good story. Um, he had a lot of pages. He, he didn't have enough pages, you know? And probably that's, I'm sure, restrictions on himself too because, I mean, he was a big deal by 2001, you know, internationally with comics. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, I mean, he was probably almost done with uh, Preacher.
0: Yeah, he would have been. Yeah, he would have been willing to his Punisher Max by that point, I would have thought. By 2001, he would have been around the time that he was doing that. Well, look, I gave it a 6.5. Adam gave it a 7. Uh, It is worth reading, and a shout-out to Neil Matthews, who I know has been waiting for me to get to this. So, Neil, uh, I know that um, it is a love-or-hate comic, and yet we were sort of a bit divided. Now, in terms of stuff coming up, we are going to have a Johnny Alpha interlude uh, in the next few weeks, um, and we're going to be doing a Strontium Dog Johnny Alpha storyline called the Moses Incident, which is a pretty cool fucking story. Uh, and I've also dug up a little one, that, that little short uh, Johnny Alpha Dread uh, Meetup issue as well. They, it's just it, it's only like about a six pager, but it, it's the other time they meet up.
1: Oh yeah yeah I definitely yeah. wanted to read yeah. that one.
0: It's fun. I I read it. It's 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 just a bit of fun. Um but yeah we're going to do that next time. Uh stuff coming up um Apocalypse War for for us I think has got to be on the horizon fairly soon would you agree Adam it feels like pretty central.
1: Yeah I think so. Um I did you have uh, I guess it was a rogue trooper story you said right before before then?
0: No no no. No we we can do Apocalypse oh. like after we do um the Johnny Alpha interlude. That's what
1: I meant. Yeah. yeah Johnny I Alpha... Road Trooper and uh, <laughs> whatever the other one's called. Strontium Dog. Conference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll do, we'll do Strontium Dog, Johnny Alpha next, and then we'll probably do Apocalypse War. I, I've got some cool stuff planned. There's so much dread. There's a really cool storyline called The Bad Man, which is the storyline of how the Mega City universe goes into essentially nuclear war. Um, to, to kick it all off kind of thing. And I think mm. it's a really cool Alan Grant story. We'll do that at some point. I'm not saying we're going to do that next, but that, stuff like that. But there's so much cool Dread, um, but Apocalypse War, I think we've got to do. And they just put out a recolorized edition of it uh, in the Essential Edition, which also includes Blockmania, which is the leading story. So that will definitely happen. Now, uh, listeners, if you've got Judge Red storylines that you want us to cover, please um, message either myself on Facebook or the dread or dead page and we, we will certainly put those in the hopper to do but um yeah no, this was fun nice light story man there wasn't like hundreds of pages to do this time it was just a quick one
1: yeah it was nice uh sometimes those 25 uh Part issue of... epics can be a bit of a bit of work oh they can be
0: but oh my god there can be some gold in there though you know <laughs> like in judgment day when remember when i was talking about alpha and and uh the fight scene between Alfred and Judge Dredd, and I was like, I probably read that comic more than any other comic when I was growing yeah.
1: up. Like. That was a great one. Sure.
0: <laughs> it was great. Or right, Adam, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you to all the listeners, and Good night.